Hey y'all, this is a preview to the latest premium subscriber only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes, which at this point is over 100 episodes at this point. So it's a great deal. So without further ado, here is the preview, and I hope we... See you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks where you can hear the rest. We don't even know the things that we've created and built. I mean, you're not supposed you know to. How many black towns existed? Yeah, you're not, huh? you're not supposed to. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. You're not yeah. supposed to. Because if you, if you felt empowered, well, but, but what could you do with that? What could you create? What could you become if you exactly. knew that your people created multiple times? And multiple times it was destroyed. Not because we weren't doing our part. Exactly. Not because we're so stupid. Exactly. Not because we're just... That, that's what they want us exactly. to believe. They don't tell you the multiple times we've created our own towns. We've created our own, like, like I talk about Biddy Mason, who was a slave, who created, uh, she had her own business as a, she was a nurse and a, and a, and a midwife while she was a slave. Yeah. When she became free, yeah. she started doing it as a business and started getting into real estate. Yes. And she became a millionaire, the equivalent of a millionaire today. Mm. This is back that was a lot of money back then. A yes. lot. And there's a, memori- there's a monument to her downtown right now because that's where she owned the plot of land. Ooh. Right. And she was kicking it with the guy named Pio Pico, who at the time was like the first mayor of L.A. or the, gov- the, no, the governor of Alta California, the first governor of Alta California. Yeah. So she, and this was like her homie, who, by the way, people don't know this, Pio Pico, Pico Boulevard is the street yeah. out here. Pio Pico, that man is an Afro-Mexicano. Look at his picture, he's black as hell. Wow. Hair. Yeah. Right and in our face, right in your face. You don't even know. This is in L.A. I learned all this shit as an yeah, adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did not learn this shit. I didn't know there were Afro-Mexicans. Yeah, I didn't either until a few years ago. I didn't ago. even know yeah. there was a lady named Biddy Mason. This shit happened in LA. Yeah. And I'm from South Central my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm yeah. saying? There's so much we don't know about who we are, what we've created, and what we've done. I mean, but D, I was, I was in the library a few years ago, and I'm just, I'm just skimming through some books. I'm just looking, and I go to the section on slavery. And I find this book, V, and this book is literally a book listing all the slave revolts. V, there were hundreds of revolts from the shores of Africa all the way to over here in America, what? they were they were they were fighting. I mean, they were fighting from the beginning from the beginning to the end. They they were they were fighting for their humanity, you know. And we're not taught that for a reason. There were hundreds of revolts. Right. You learn about all these other battles that America had, and you know all this shit that we don't even think care about even today. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. It has no impact on who we are, who we think yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. Like to me, like knowing that there were all these revolts, learning about the strategies of war that they did as opposed to the strategies that these white folks did to, to basically kill off indigenous people yes, and enslave yes. you and to hold as much power as possible for as long as po- possible off of your labor. Mm-hmm. We're learning all about that, but we're not learning shit about the times that we've revolted, won, the battles we've had, even the battles we've lost. But how do we, what do we exactly, do? What do we create? Exactly. We got to dig for it and, and, and excavate and, 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 you know, search for it, you know? It's crazy. See, and that's what makes me think about when we talk about like the collective, the collective trauma yes. and the racial lens of collective trauma. Yeah. That's part of it. The fact that we have these spaces that literally indoctrinate us and erase who we are. That's right. We call them schools. That's right. That's right. But that's literally their entire purpose is to erase who you are. In fact, we know that's historically. They were meant to assimilate. Exactly. <laughs> that was the whole purpose. Exactly. To quote unquote civilize indigenous people. 
Exactly. I, I was just, okay, I was talking to somebody uh, earlier today. I don't know, it couldn't, it couldn't have been you, about the, uh, <laughs> I hope not, my memory, but um, the, uh, resi- the residential schools in Canada. Was that you, V? No, okay, no, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. So, you know, they had these, these schools in Canada. They're, they were called residential schools, and they would literally kidnap these Native American children and send them to these schools. They would beat them. They would mm-hmm. rape them. They would murder them. And if, if, if the indigenous kids spoke their native language, they would get beat. They would get reprimand, reprimanded because what they wanted to do is literally erase the, the indigenous out of their brain, you know? And this, 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 mm-hmm. this takes place, and it has been taking place in America. Um, it, it looks a little bit different, but our schools are literally white indoctrination or Eurocentric indoctrination centers. That's all they are. Exactly. The indoctrination yeah, station. Yeah, we, we, we got we to gotta literally, literally learn our blackness or, or learn who we are and who we, who we have been outside of school. Exactly. And, I, and the fact that we have to learn it outside of school lets me know that we shouldn't have our kids in these schools in the first place. Exactly. That's the tough part. Yeah. Because the reality, that's, that's a, again, part of the trauma. How many options do our parents have? Well, so it's, so, okay, so there's so much. Collectively speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because individually we can create choices. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, as you know, there's so much red tape with how these, how, 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 how the state governments um, say you have to learn these certain things or, you know, be in school or whatever. Right. And that's what I was going to get at um, next. Right. But, you know, there are different, uh, like in like in London, there's there's certain like uh, uh, Muslim schools that, that kids go to after their mm-hmm. schooling. You know what I'm saying? So, you right, know, right. we can have separate, you know, after school uh, learning centers for our people. But again, you know, like, like like you were saying earlier, we're so damn worn down and exhausted from everything else and stressed out that we ain't even got time to, mm-hmm. to plan effectively in a lot of ways, you know? And then we're getting all these messages. And and yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you're right. Like, the, like I'm a strong believer that when if we can get to the place of healing and understanding what's happening yeah, with yeah. us, we can begin to develop better strategies. I think that that's that's my belief. But see, but see, <laughs> but see, see and, and so, you know, my view is that, and, you know, uh, what I'm arguing, arguing in my dissertation is that we can never, ever get a full healing in America because, again... Oh, no, 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 okay. no. There's no such thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not a, as a person who deals with complex PTSD, I'm aware. Yeah, of like, yeah, yeah. Because right? you're constantly... Because especially if you're still going Exactly. Through, We're still getting traumatized. So, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So there's no... It's hard to be like, you know, how do you... It's like people talk about bouncing back and I always say, well, what if there's nowhere to bounce back to? Exactly. Like, you didn't have shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, so you're absolutely right. I'm not saying that we have to be healed. Yeah, okay, okay. Notice I never say that. I don't ever. And one thing I this is my secret with people when they start telling me, "Oh, I healed already." I know they yeah, have like, nah, yeah, thing. you, <laughs> you're yeah. lying. Because anybody who's been healing knows you never stop. Because yeah. you keep finding new shit. You got to heal. Yeah, from. it's a process. It's a process. <laughs> so because you keep getting deeper and deeper into yeah. it. Remember, I told somebody I was like, you know, it's, it, it's something talking about relations. These Twitter conversations on about relationships are always so petty and stupid. Yeah, they are. And so I was talking about trauma. And I said, well, addressing your trauma is the number one way to fix your relationships. Right. And this guy was like, well, I already healed from my trauma. I, I did therapy. <laughs> I was like, therapy or not, you still got to heal from your exactly. shit. Like, that takes time. It takes time. And it's not something you just heal from. Exactly. But, like you're, but you're right. I don't believe there's this ideal time of black healing. That's not what I'm yeah. saying. What I'm saying is as we're healing, yes, yes. we can begin to get more into that part of our brain that helps us develop long-term strategies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can do that collectively. That's all I was yeah. saying. I'm definitely not one of those people who's like, with the weight and do... No. In fact, I think most of these things have to happen simultaneously. I agree. I agree. Economic, I agree. You know, the economic part, the education yeah. part, the emotional part, all those things have to... The physical health part. We do have to address our health yes. issues. That is a big yeah. thing. And, you know, one of the things that... um. 
I, and I mean, you could, and you, I'm so glad you, you do social me, uh, medical, what's it called? Sociological? Yeah, health, medical yeah, sociology. Yeah. Health, shit. <laughs> oh, so, um, but so, yeah, so the, this is such an important thing. And I want you to talk to this. And this, I'm going to give you an experience okay. I had. And I would love for you to kind of give it um, a sociological perspective. Okay, okay. So uh, most of you guys know, most listeners know, I was uh, morbidly obese. I was about 120-something pounds heavier yeah. than I am now. And... The doctor sent me to this weight loss program through the county. Because at the time, I had Medi-Cal, which is Medicaid yeah. for low-income yeah. people. So the doctor sent me to this county program. And it's like, it's a, it's a great health program in a sense. Like, they weigh you. They teach you nutrition uh-huh. shit. And they do all They have, like, a Zumba yeah. thing. But when I went, I was a little annoyed because I didn't think I needed to be there because I didn't learn anything. Yeah. I was like, this is stupid. This is basic uh-huh. stuff. Like, bake your fish and, you know, eat fruits and vegetables. Yeah. It was just super, super basic. Yeah. So I'm really annoyed at this point. But I'm noticing the people in the class are mostly older people, some younger, but mostly older black women. Um, a lot of them were too old to be in wheelchairs. I mean, too young to be in wheelchairs. Okay. They were too young to be, a lot of them were in walkers and they had, they were heavily, you no, know, very overweight, oh, yeah. very unhealthy. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's how you got in the program. Your doctor referred you to the program because yeah. of this. So I'm in the, doing the classes or whatever. Again, I'm thinking, this is stupid. Oh, this is so basic. Why am I here? And then I see this. So they have this testimonial sex time. And this one lady, she does her testimony to, about the program, saying you know, how she felt about the program. Yeah. She said, oh, this program changed my life. I'm thinking, this program? Mm. <laughs> All he tell you is basic shit, eat vegetables yeah. or some shit. She's like, before I got in this class, I did not know that you could bake fish. There we go. She only knew to fry fish. Exactly. There we go. So I was like, wait a minute. And then the more testimonies came up, people were saying basic things. I didn't know spaghetti and meatballs wasn't exactly. healthy. Exactly. They did not know that because it was low, it was cheap, it fed the kids, you know, everything was fine. So they didn't know that they were eating unhealthy. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to talk, now mind you, to be in this program again, it was low income because it was, you were on Medi-Cal or Medicaid. Uh, the program was in, uh, not for, like, just, just south of Watts, so one of the poorest communities. Actually, it was the King Hospital, which is like Wilmington yeah. area. So like yeah. just south of Watts. Yes. So it was mostly low income people, mostly black. And not even knowing the basics of nutrition and being so impacted with just that little bit of information. I'm, I'm just interested from a sociological perspective. What is that? I mean, just, what, what, what did I witness? Just like, you know, we were talking about earlier, um, how these people were socialized, you know, um, and what, what they had available to them or what they didn't have available to them in their neighborhoods, you know? So, again, if, if you didn't grow up seeing people cook in, in healthy ways— or even thinking about health, you know, um, then you right. wouldn't, you know, behave in, in, in healthy ways, in, in salubrious ways. Um, you know, we see the same thing when we think about, you know, indigenous Americans, the, uh, the issue with, with alcoholism, you know, you know, people learn from their trauma. People learn how, how, how to, how, how to uh, behave through their trauma. People learn, you know, what's, what's around. I reach for that, you know, how, how you're socialized uh, by what's near you, but also how the dominant structures and institutions and the dominant culture impacts you and your family. All that all that has an effect mm-hmm. on the way you see life, the way you see yourself. It's deep. Yeah. So as the fact that there was so many black people impacted by yeah. this. And like what what is it that's going on in our communities? Now I could probably guess, but I just want you to explain what is it that we're seeing in our communities that we're seeing these health outcomes, not just from the trauma, yeah, but yeah. even just having access to healthy food or even understanding how to cook it when you got it. Yeah. I mean so if you think about it from a top-down perspective, we'll say uh, 
discrimination in employment. So, okay, black folks are not discrimination in employment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so black folks are not getting certain jobs that will enable them to travel to get healthy foods. Um, they're not uh, live in neighborhoods where they can food deserts. Have it. Yeah, yeah, food deserts. So, if you you know from the top down, discrimination and discrimination impacts every facet of our lives because it it denies us access to salubrious resources, health healthy resources. That's healthy thinking, healthy eating. Uh, uh, even even when we think about um, you know how your neighborhood is built, so 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 on an architectural level, when they when they build a, a damn highway through your neighborhood, it's not just about noise pollution. You're, you're near and next to pollution, uh, a particular matter that's gonna that's gonna increase uh, a- asthma rates. So all these things matter. You know, they all have an impact on our health yeah. outcomes. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. That's, this is why I, I I love again your control seat. Because we don't think about how even things like that are impacting how we feel about ourselves exactly. and our bodies. Exactly. How we see, how we feel about our children's mm-hmm. health. Yeah. How, I, always, I always get so sad when I find out how many parents just don't know they just don't know. nutrition for their they children. They just don't know. Then they wonder why their kids can't sit down exactly. in class. Because we don't know that every... Honestly, it wasn't until I changed my diet to cut out sugar that I realized how much sugar was in everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what high fructose corn syrup yeah. was and all these different terms, dextrose, maltodextrin. You know, there's all these terms that mean sugar yeah. and chemicals. Yeah. And people don't know. They think because it says diet or it says healthy on the front of the box that somehow this is nutritious. Exactly. Uh, and it makes me sad because as black people, it's like we're being poisoned. Yes. Like, I think there was a study somebody gave me once because I had this theory. I was like, man, how come I can't find honey buns outside yeah, the hood? Yeah. <laughs> right? Because I, I, I was a nanny. Yeah. I'd be all over the place, and I couldn't find a goddamn honey bun anywhere. Yeah. And then uh, my boyfriend at the time, he said to me, he said, he, he used to call me a project baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was his like, little joke for me because I had like a, you know, people from South Central, you don't realize other places are exactly. different. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So apparently everybody don't sell strawberry soda yeah, either. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> but so things like that. Then my friend made, sent me this, uh, another friend of mine sent me this link because I told him about the whole honey bun thing. And he says, Look, there's a study that shows that certain junk food really is predominantly available only in low-income areas. Yes. Yeah, I mean, but 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 V and honey buns was on that but, list. But V, but v <laughs> and I was like, what? Being unhealthy also reinforces your domination. You're you're lethargic. You're tired. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So this is this is like a, a domination yes. in health. You can't sit, yeah, you can't think. Yeah, yeah. You fall asleep. Exactly. More. Exactly. You're addicted to to sugar. You know, all these things reinforce yeah. domination. All right. So that was a preview. If you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and a hundred more episodes, then by all means, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.